There's something that I always as a pastor wanted my people to understand. When we built a gymnasium, I took all the kids through every visitor, every visiting family, everyone that, that came and, and, and was a part of our church. I walked them through the gymnasium that we built with our own hands, the men of the church. And I, I showed them the, everything about that. We have 37 uh, flat screen TVs on the walls in a game room area. We have pool tables and ping pong tables. I see what you've done here. It's a great thing. And, and, and we, we, I walked them through and let those kids know, now listen, this is your house. I walked them through a collegiate gymnasium with a Pacheco wood floor and, 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 and a T-Rex basketball goals and let them know this is your house. This is your court. I want them to feel ownership on the inside because, folks, there's one thing about it. it the church doesn't belong to the pastor. The church doesn't belong to the elders. Come on, somebody, or the deacons. The church belongs to the people and to God. Would you shout amen? This... You need to love the house like it's your own house. Listen, if a pig comes into your kitchen, ma'am, what are you going to do? Just, well, just go ahead and make yourself comfortable there, Mr. Pig. No, you're going to kick his big hind in out of that kitchen and let him know this is my house. Matter of fact, that's the title of my message, and I'm going to ask you to say it several times in my message, but can you just practice with me? I want you to say, this is my house. I want you to say it with me. Are you ready? This is my house. No, that with some conviction. This is my house. Because we're talking to the, 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 courts, the, the courts of hell right now. Everything in America is against the body of Christ. It's against Christendom, it, and especially it's against the church. It's to get against the gathering of people so bad that they want to stand on a bridge and holler and, and, and hold signs that nobody can read. Come on, somebody. While the church of Jesus Christ is worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Is anybody happy in the house today? What's the title of my message? This is my house. <laughs> and you ought to just kind of slap yourself on the chest when you say that. You see, COVID was a, a plot from hell to take the church out. It was, a, make no mistake about it, it was a political thing. We know all of that kind of thing, and they're still trying to, to push that cart, and it, it's not working very well. But, but COVID, they said yesterday, is it's just about over. It's just, it's done. It's, it's baked, praise God. And it's just like the flu. You know, flus come and flus go, and so does COVID. It comes and it goes. Shout amen, somebody. Flus take out people. Colds take out people. Ammonia takes out people, and COVID takes out people. COVID nearly took me out. But the king of glory walked into my room on my sixth day in the hospital on oxygen and li lifted my heart out of, out of that bed. And the second day I went home, can you shout amen? Because the people of God prayed. He trying to kill the pastors. You see, we, we, we uh, today, there has arisen among us naysayers in the body of Christ, so-called Christian authors who say the time will come when there'll be no assembly of people together. No assembly of the church or our congregation congregating together. Uh, the, the most that will happen, will church will be reduced to a break room, uh, a break room uh, studies, Bible studies and home groups and a candy bar and coffee break. It is all the God you will need. And eventually there will be no need for the house of God. I came to say the devil is alive. The Bible says something that we need to see. The devil is a lie. In, in Psalms 83, I want you to look at this right here. 
Psalms 83, on the other hand, there's a plot from hell right now. You've got to understand that. What you saw on the bridge the other day is not anything light. It's something that's happening in America. And they're standing up in, in, in uh, congregations and, and begin to scream out in the middle of worship or begin to uh, scream out in, in the middle of the message. And I want to warn you, if you're here, I'm a United States Marine and I will take you out. Somebody said, well, where's the love in that? Listen, if you'll read your Bible, you'll find out. I, I read that this morning, Pastor, where, where the temple, when Jesus was there, the temple had guards. They had an army, and they would take you out. This is private property, bless the name of Jesus Christ, and this is the house of God, and we're going to treat it as such and treat it with honor. Can somebody say amen? But you see, we're seeing that today, that they, they say there's no need. But I'm going to give you a scripture that's going to blow your mind today and bring you into reality. Psalms chapter 83 and verse 1. Keep not thou silent, O God. Hold not thy peace. Be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against the, thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, come, let us, let us cut, cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one accord. They are, are confederate, are aligned together against thee. You see, verse number two, get a hold of this right here. It says, they have lifted up the head. That's talking about the priests and the kings of Israel. They lifted up the head and the body of Christ. The head is the, is the pastor of the church. It's one of the seven stars of the, that, that was in the hand of the angel in heaven in the book of Revelations. And so they have come to lift up the head. He's coming first for the head. Before the enemy attacks the people, he will attack the head. He's coming for that. You see, there's a diabolical. You need to know this and understand this where I'm going. There's a diabolical attack, a vicious attack against today's pastors who will stand up and preach the truth of the word of God. Without fear of favor of man, will speak in love and speak the truth. Even though men of God stand with such love and compassion and speak the truth, it is read the wrong way. Verse 3, it says, they're coming for the hidden ones. Now, the hidden ones are the ones that we have our treasure. They're in the nurseries right now. They're in children's church. They're coming after our children. Matter of fact, the president of the United States stood up and said, they're not your kids. They're our kids. Well, the devil is alive. They're not your, you didn't carry that child. Come on, that you don't feed that child. Those children belong to us and their education. Come on, somebody should be guided by us. Thank God for the mothers and fathers that'll stand up in school boards and let the school board know you're not gonna make my child some kind of pervert. Would you shout amen? You're not gonna make my child a woke child. My child's gonna stand on the word of God. Praise his holy name. Don't kneel to that altar. Missouri, don't kneel to that altar. He said he's coming for the hidden ones, your children, to take them out, to pervert their minds. And, and what we used to understand, Walt Disney was such a good man, and he raised up such a good thing for children. I remember a little boy. I, I rode all those rides. I had an uncle that lived right next door. He had a, a Phillips 66 station right across the street from, from Disneyland. Got free tickets, and every time we'd go to California, I'd get to go to Disney. But today, Disney is a different world because everything's coming against the body of Christ, they're coming against God himself. Then it says in verse 4, that there be no remembrance of them. 
no remembrance of them. The enemy says, not only do I want to take out the head, you cut out the head, you get the body. Not only want to, I want to pervert the children, I want to take the children, the hidden ones, I'm going to go down and I'm going to get them. But we want to make it as their vote does not count. We're going to make them the body of Christ that has such a great voting influence. We're going to make them that they'll no longer have an influence. And then verse 12 says, and this is what you've got to get a hold of right here. Who said, let us take to ourselves the houses of God, plural, the houses of God. It means to drive out the existing tenants. That's what ex exactly it means. You see, the devil has a philosophy, and that philosophy is this. If, you, if I can't beat them, I'll join them. If I can't beat you, I'll put Judas in your circle. If I can't beat you, I'll become one of you. Well-known pastors today are prophesying today on television and in writing books. They're prophesying today gloom and doom over the church, over the gathering of the body of Christ Jesus. There's so much power in the body of Christ, but they're, they're writing books and saying this is no longer needed. I, I would call his name, but I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but, but, but he, he's teaching right now with a, had a huge church that laid it aside and said there's no need for the gathering together today. I'm going to tell you something. The devil is a lie. What is a title of my, of, this, of my message today, this is my house. Come on, say it again. This is my house. So-called Christians are saying that this right here is not important at all. A loudmouth preacher anointed of God is not anointed at all, has nothing to give me. This, this thing we're having right here, the servanthood that, that pastor talked about at the doors and the training has no value whatsoever. This is a trend that is moving in the wrong direction. I came to say that I need the church. I need the body of Christ. My children need the church. My, my grandchildren need the house of God. My generations need the house of God. And Paraventure, your house needs the, the house of God. And your children and grandchildren need the house of God. Can I hear from somebody? Would you shout with me now? This is my house. Let hell know today that this is the grand opening of one of the greatest soul winning stations that God ever opened in Missouri. Can I get one more shout right now? Those who say this is not needed today have forgotten Hebrews chapter 10, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. September 11th, things begin to change. And look, in, look at it with me and you'll see this. It begin to change. Our nation begin to change. Things happen where you never saw an M16 on, on a guard outside of a store. You see them today. Things change drastically. Between, here's some, here's some Barna statistics that I have got here of late, matter of fact, on Thursday. Between 2010 and 2020, 37,000 churches closed their door forever. 2019, there were 4,500 Protestant churches start, uh, uh, closed while there were only 3,000 churches started. 2020, became COVID, when COVID came, 20% of the churches today still have not went to meet together again. And all it did was give cold-hearted Christians a chance to stay home. But they don't care about their house of God and they can live without God. But me and my house, we got to have, we got to have this. 
between 2010 and 2020, Barna says 20 million people left the house of God between the ages of 20 and, and 40. 1,400 pastors left the ministry in those 10 years, every month of those 10 years. It is said that the next decade, 40 pastors will quit the ministry and go into another line of work. 70% of pastors say that they have no friends. Divorce rate in, in the parsonage, in the pastor's homes, is up 65% in the day we're living in. 80% of pastors say that pastoring has a negative effect upon their house. House. How many has got your big boy britches on today? Because I'm going to get down in here. Why is this? Somebody said. Why is, it, is things happening so in, in pastor's home? I, I could mention Benny Hinn. I could mention so many that's gone through some things. I could mention uh, so many that, that's had downfalls in their ministry. Praise God they're coming back. But I'm saying just they were knocked to the ground. Why? Why is it? Why so many pastors could be depressed in that area? Uh, I want you to hold on and stay with me and listen to 34 years of full-time pastoring. Because God's people become so demanding and refuse to grow up themselves. Don't shout when I preach it good. This is a trend that must change. You cannot have the house of God with a broke down head. It's time to circle the wagons around the pastor's home and, and there must come a, a building up of the man of God, not a tearing down. The man of God, the real man of God is a gift to the body of Christ. Can I get a shout of praise right now? That right there sitting there is a gift to you. He's individual by himself. He's no rookie. He's been doing it a long time, but he is a gift to this house of God. Won't you give your pastor a shout of praise right now? Come on. Hallelujah. Yeah, you ought to stand to your feet. Just give him a shout of praise right now. Thank you, Pastor, for your sacrifice. Thank you for hearing the voice of God. Thank you for your vision. Thank you, man of God. Now, I want you to shout for the woman of God. Come on. Thank you for the woman of God. Thank you that she knows how to wipe my tears and comfort my heart in times. Thank you that sometimes she has to be the backbone behind the man of God. Ask me how I know. Praise the name of Jesus. You may be seated, you bunch of rowdy folk. Every great house of God has but one head. Many ministries, elders, deacons, and praise God for all of those. I teach those and train those. But has one head. That's what you need to hear. I'm going to be on this and I'll get off in a moment. But let me rant for just a minute. I earned the right. I love the church. I love the house of God. The man of God, the real man of God is a gift. Not only to you, but he's a gift to your children and your children's children. Every great house of God has one head. And if hell decapitates and removes the head, the house as it is, is gone. Somebody said, well, we can just get us another pastor. Oh, I've been there so many times. I preach revivals all over the country and they throw somebody in there. And I've come back to the church that was on fire. It's not the same house of God because God gives a gift to the house of God and you need to keep that gift. Not enough that 24-7 is his work schedule. 24-7 hell is out to lift the head. 30 hours of study for one message. Preach two or three times a week. The buck stops with him. 
Church discipline stops with him. Church budget, every bill payment needs his name on the line. All staff needs and training comes from him. Everyone's hurts and burdens and pains, the shepherd of your house carries those pains. And many times you don't know what that man's carried. When you see him sometimes, it looks a little bit serious. You ask him, Pastor, are you okay? You, you, you never know unless God puts you in that position, the burden that sometimes a man of God carries. I want you to get a hold of this because it's so serious. The hours of godly counseling. How many times have, have I seen young pastors in the office still at 8 and 9 o'clock at night still counseling with people and, and, and dealing with people when their little families at home, their children at home, and they're waiting for dinner and dinner's going cold on the table. You better thank God for a pastor and a man of God. It's not just an ordinary job. Why 80% negative effect upon the pastor's house? Listen, a budget, like a building project like this, do you know the one that has to sign the insurance card? The one that has to put his name on the insurance and the one that has to have the physical to make sure make sure that, 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 that he can stay here and the body of Christ will stay together to pay those bills? It's the shepherd of the house that has to sign his name on that line. I still have my name on 45,000 square foot of building and 35 acres. My name's still on that because I'm still in good health. But one of these days we'll put my boy's name on there, but it has to be his name. Not a board member. Come on, somebody, not a trustee. It has to be upon that man of God. Why? Because they know the shepherd is so important to the body of Christ. 80% negativity on the house of God, on, on the pastor's home. Why? They can't leave it at, at the office. It's not no nine to five. Here's one. Here's a big one. Well, I just want time with the pastor. So the man of God will tell me privately what I wouldn't listen to in the assembly. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe in God and the council. Can I get one amen? However, I love that word, however. However, this is what I tell my house of God. If you would listen to one-tenth of what I say in the pulpit, you wouldn't have to hear it again in, in a private setting. Come on, somebody. I'll never, I'll, if I know it, I'm going to say it in the big assembly. I don't have to give it to you personally. Come on, somebody. I just got to have the pastor's attention. The pastor's got a family. You, you need the pastor's attention. You pray for the pastor. You shout when he preaches. You love him on the way out and say, Pastor, I love you. And time to time, buy his dinner. Buy him a steak. But listen, he can't be your best friend and be the man of God God wants him to be. He is a leader, and we need to get behind him in the name of Jesus. Give God a shout right now. My God, four people will show up on Monday, but this is good preaching and we need it. Would you say amen? Now listen, listen. Why are you so concerned, preacher? I'm concerned for you. Well, why is this important? It's important for you because did you know that God has locked up your destiny in other people? Galatians chapter 4, look at it with me. Write this down. Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, differeth nothing from the servant, though he be Lord of all. Look at that again. Though you be an heir, you have gifts and callings of God on your life. But you differ nothing, that no more than a servant, until, verse 2 but you're put under tutors and governors until the appointed time of the Father. In other words, God has your destiny locked in the heart 
of your pastor, of your man of God, when he stands to declare the word of God, he's declaring your destiny. He's unlocking things on the inside of you. He can see things that you cannot see. He can hear things that you cannot hear and cause you to hope again and cause you to dream again and cause you to want to work for God. You need to pray for your pastor, plead the blood of Jesus over your pastor, stick your finger in the face of the devil and say you may have got somebody else's man of God, but you're not gonna get my man of God. Come on, somebody. People look at them and say he's strong. He's got a face like a flint. Nothing's going not, to touch him, but I got news for you. We pastors have feet of clay and hearts like jello, and sometimes we hurt, and sometimes we're lonely, and sometimes we're friendless, but I got news for you. It's worth it. When God lays his hand on a man of God, he's going to lead you just like the goose. Come on, somebody. The goose takes off, and the others get behind him, and you know the only time a goose really sounds off, pastor, is when they're in flight, and one goose on the right side will quack or whatever they do, are goose. And, 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 and they, they talk to that one in the lead, and that one in the lead is the one that's going, and they're, they're preaching him on. They're saying, amen, lead us on. And did you know they can fly further and longer when they're in that V a situation following the head? That's what the church of Jesus Christ needs to understand. I know you're a great church, and you want to stay a great church, but if you do, you've got to understand that God gives you a head, and hell hates that head, but you're going to protect that head and quack him on. That's better than that. But So what is that that will cause you to keep your money and keep God's money? What is it that causes you to, to say, I deserve it. Hard, times are hard and I deserve this and God will understand it. What is it that says, I'm going to stay at home today. Uh, this thing ain't real. What is it that finds fault in the good and finds something that offends you and, and sees the bad, I'll tell you what it is. It's hell positioning itself to take possession of the houses of God. That's what that is. Because a house divided against itself cannot stand, will not stand. You can go from Genesis to Revelation. It's an interesting study I have done. You will never find a witch arguing with a witch. A demon arguing with a demon or a devil arguing with a devil or a principality arguing with a principality. But when you get into the church world, you'll find deacons arguing with elders and elders arguing with deacons. You'll find praise teams fussing with the choir members. Don't shout when I'm preaching good. You'll find choir fussing at the band and pastors fussing at other pastors over denominational pride and, and, and staff fussing over staff. It's the devil and he's tempting trying to possess the house of God, trying to get your house of God. What's the title of my message? This is my house. Oh, say it good. This is my house. One more time. This is my Many of the Christians have knelt. Many of a church has knelt to that altar and knelt down there and, and, and got down into the area that this is the way it is. We have, to, we have to have fussing. It's normal church. I've had pastors tell me it's just normal. Well, I don't believe that. And God, that's, you know what God calls evangelists? You don't need a preacher. But dear Lord, you got a preacher. You don't need a preacher. But the gift of the evangelist, did you know the, the apostle is the thumb, the, the fivefold ministry. And the prophet is the, the finger, the long finger that points out things. 
things. But, and and the, the long finger is, is evangelism. It's the evangelist. That, that's a gift to come out here and, and, and help the ring finger. The pastor, this hand, the pastor is the ring finger. He's married to the body of Christ. And then you have teachers that come up and scotch that out. But you've got to understand there is a gift upon an evangelist to come and remind you of what God, water what has already been planted and help you understand that you have a great house of God. You know why I'm here? I'm not here because I'm looking for a place to go. I've got plenty of places to go, Sister D. We, we have places to go. It's not because we needed a revival or a place to go or needed a gig. We're here because God ordained this. And when I first come here in that little, remember I told you you're having worship in your children's church? That was prophetic, and there it is now, praise God. And you're in here. Well, I felt, I told Pastor, I said, there's a revival bringing this house of God. But to get to revival, you've got to have preaching like this. Would somebody shout with me right now? Listen to this. Many churches have knelt to that altar and say this is the way church is. It's not the way church is. Church is a place of unity. It's a place of love. It's a place of power. It's a place of miracles. Would you say amen? God has raised up this house. For such a time, God told me to tell you that, for such a time as this right now. That stuff on the bridge ain't going to hinder you one bit. It's just going to put more people in your church. Walking in unity, talking about you. A mighty army with banners under the command. Arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder. Get up here, Sage, come up here. Quick, quick, quick. Come on, son. Get them big long. Yeah, you can do that. Yes, I wish I could. Pull it in there. Arm in arm. You mess with one of us, you're getting all of us, brother. How is the size of your family? It's the size of my church. Shoulder to shoulder. Come on. Back to back. Come on, get my back. Back to back. Ain't nobody getting through because we have chose to walk in unity. And it's something. Thank you, son. Let's see you get down now. Oh, I used to be able to do that. Something Satan cannot handle. Matter of fact, that's what I'm going to preach tomorrow night. You need to come get the key to something. How many like to have the key to something Satan can't handle? It's a miracle, miracle message you needed. This is a house of God. You ought to shout, I've worked too hard. I prayed too much. How many have prayed for this house of God? I've travailed, I've fasted, I've praised in the sanctuary. I've given till it hurts. I've stood the test of time. And devil, listen, what's my title? Tell me one more time. This is my house. You can't have my house of God, and you ain't getting my man and woman of God. You can't have the presence of God that rests in this house, and this is my house. No, sir, I've spent too many restless hours in prayer and too many glorious meetings and travail over this church, and no weapon formed against us shall prosper in the name of Jesus Christ, not on my watch. I thought you'd want to say that, so I said it for you. 
Deuteronomy here says right here, this gives you your promise. Deuteronomy 28 and 7 says, For the Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee. Now, you need to hear this. To, to be smitten before thy face, they shall come out against thee one way and shall flee seven ways. Bless the name of the Lord. It's a promise of God. If this house of God wasn't so important, then why did Jacob find the gate of heaven, angels ascending and descending with the prayers of the saints? Uh, it, it, it was a doorway, he said, a, a doorway to the house of God. He called it Bethel. He called it the house of God. And, and it is in that house that you find your dream again. It's in this house that you find your hope again. It's in the house of God that dead things come alive again. If this house of God wasn't so important, then why did God say, take a tenth of your income that belongs to me and offerings of love and bring it to my house on the first day of the week in the storehouse? Why did he tell Moses to build me a tabernacle where I could where I can be have my own house. Why did the cloud, Christ or God ride on the cloud and come over the holies of holies and sit there where the mercy seat was if it wasn't so important? Why did God tell Solomon, you build me a house and he built him a house and the glory of God filled that house and the people gathered? Why did the psalm, if it's not so important, why did the psalmist say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us Go unto the house of the Lord. I got up this morning and I, I, I got up and I raised up out of my bed and I said, thank you, Jesus. I've got a house of God I can go to this morning and I can worship my God. I've got a people in Missouri. I've got a family that loves me. And I love them. And we're on the same team. When I was in the United States Marine Corps, when I graduated from boot camp, that drill instructor said, my God, boy, he said, I want you to know that the gates of heaven is guarded by the United States Marine Corps. You got to understand, you don't know it now, but you have just joined the most elite group in the world. And when you go out, no matter where in the world you are, you'll find somebody that might say, hey, Bulldog, or, or Semper Fidelis, and you'll know you got a Marine somewhere. Every time that I preach on the Naval Air Base in, in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, and when I go and do a concert, uh, there's only one or two Marines there. I made the mistake in saying, how many Marines are here? Three or four raised their hand. I said, good, that's enough to take this place over. That's the wrong thing to say in a Naval Air Base. I said, I'd like to say this. No matter where you go in the world, you got a brother and you got a sister in Christ. There is an elite group called the body of Christ. Come on, somebody, that you can have. You're never alone. You're never by yourself. You've got no excuse. You can go always. You can go over. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Praise God. I thank God that in the worship I can come in the holies of holies in the house of God and I can throw up my hands and the cares of this life and the things that hell has assailed me with this week just drift off of my life. While some think it's not important, it means the world to me, the house of God. Oh, praise God. I get up on Sunday when I, when I go home and, and I'm in the pulpit and I drive into my parking lot. I drive in. This is the way you ought to feel. I drive into my spot that says pastor and I go into the door that says office I go into my office it says pastor Mike Leitner I go in where all the big deer mounts are the alligators and bear and anything that I can shoot 
And I walk in there and I sit down at my desk and I said, yes, sir, this is my desk. My big Bible's laying there. All of a sudden, one of my elders will come in and say, Pastor Leiter, it's time to go. And he'll take my, my satchel and pull it up. I've never asked for that, but pull it up. You ought to take care of your man of God. You ought never, never have to carry nothing. He, they carry that satchel into the room. They carry my guitar into the room when I walk there and they set that thing down. I sit in my chair next to my wife and, and, and my grandson and I sit there and I walk to my pulpit and I step behind there and I say thank God this is my place and that's the way and I stand sometimes in auditoriums that have 5,500 people in them. Huge churches where I preach revivals and the glory of God is great and wonderful but when I come in they're hard and they're cold and they're looking at me like come on son what do you got to give us today? And I feel them butterflies. But all of a sudden, something comes up on the inside of me that, no, I'm in my place. I'm in the house of Almighty God. And that's what you got to understand. you got to feel ownership that it's my house. Come on. There ought not to be a weed that shouldn't be pulled. There ought not to be trash that shouldn't be picked up. There ought, come on, somebody. There ought not to be things that, that should be fixed that's not fixed because this is not pastor's house. This is our house of God. And bless God. Won't you stand and give God a praise for your house of God, right now. Come on. Stand up and give him a praise right now. Just give him a shout. Oh, come on, somebody. You shout better for the chiefs. I said, give God Almighty a shout of praise for your house of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, glory to God. You may be seated. Let me finish up. Anybody coming back Monday? What time are we coming back, Pastor? 630. Siri, I need to be at the house of God at 6 to pray. I'll remind you, I've got it down. Has you ever, you ever done that and had a man come on and talk to you? Like, oh. All right. My daddy was raised in the hills of Arkansas. Can we have fun in the house of God? He was, in the, he was in the hills of Arkansas. That's where he was raised. Many old houses were built in those days back in Huntsville, Arkansas, Madison County, out of solid rock, natural rock, native rock. Lightning storms would hit the top of them hills. That's where they lived on top of a hill. Lightning would hit those hill, the top of the hills. and it, I mean, you never lived. I, I parked my trailer up there doing revivals in those areas and the and I had our trailer in, in uh, cemeteries and everything else behind the church. <laughs> had a lot of fun with that. But anyway, those lightning storms come and they'll bam, bam, or bam. And we're, we're, we're living in a tin can. But those lightning storms would come in, in those days. Daddy would tell me they were so dangerous. And he said, Mama would come. We called her Nanny. Mama would come and say, Henry, come out of the yard, son. Come on in. Storm's coming. Our storm's here. It's dangerous out there in the storm. Get out of that tree, son. Come on, get out of that tree. Come down that rope. Come on, get out of the, get out of the tree. Get out of the yard. Dad would run up on the porch. He said, no, no, not on the porch. Get in the house. All the way in the house, he said, Mama would shut the door on the storm. If I've ever seen a storm brewing 
on the horizon of America and our world. Let a Marine tell you, she's brewing now. If China, Iran, all of our haters have ever made moves and positioned themselves, communism now is in our Senate and in our Congress. Socialism is in our Senate and our Congress and in the West Wing. Our nation is facing some dangerous stuff right now. When you hear the real generals talk, you, you, hear, you hear what the truth is. Here in this nation, we're facing unprecedented times, unpredictable times. Now the school board is saying they want to do away with the word mother. So dark and so deadly. It's a time to get in the church. Time to get in the house. All, get off the porch. Come on, get out of the lobby. I've cleared many of the house of God of lobbies when they're drinking lattes and stuff while I'm preaching. And I've shouted, get out of the lobby and get in here where the word of God is preached. I believe we ought to honor the word of God. Would you shout amen? Get in the house. All the way. Not half in. That's why I don't, that's why I get all, I get invitations, but I could go in the world and sing music here, and I could come Sunday and sing music here, but I believe in getting all the way in the house of God. You've got to make up your mind. Come on, somebody. What is most important? It's the house of God. You've got to make up your mind what you want to do with your music and what you want to do with your, with your ministry. You've got to make up your mind and get all the way in the house. It's time to get in the house. Listen, there's peace within these walls. There's healing within these walls. There's miracles. There's safety from the storm in these walls. There's a word from God. There's resources. And there's sources from God. There, the, it, the, the tragedy is so many people are living half in and half out of the house of God. Half in, I'll come, but I'm not going to tithe. Don't rob God. Listen, when it says you rob God, uh, let, me, let me help you understand that scripture. God said, why do you rob me? And people hate that. People hate when you say, pay your tithe. Uh, I hate that. Uh, what, you, when a man robbed God, why, why does preachers say that? God, reverse that. You're robbing yourself. When you keep what belongs to God, you're robbing yourself. But I, I would just say this one thing, and that's all I'll say about tithe and offering. But you need to understand that that 10% belongs to God. It's a covering over your life, over your health, over your business, over your corn. Come on, somebody. And there's a lot of corn in this area. I could tell you stories, but I can't have, I don't have time. God is calling right now. I hear him calling. Mm. Come in the house. All the way. With your little children. And your grandchildren. And your great-grandchildren. Not out on the porch. It's time to come in and shut the door on all those things that assail you in this world. Shut the door on those things that, shut the door on those sins that beset you. Shut it. The house of God. Jacob wandered all his life. He wandered around in his life, all he just wandered until he found the door to the house of God. And when he found the door to the house of God, he found his access point. 
Why is this house so important? This is your access point where you access the resources of God and God resources you, the access point. And God is saying, come with your children. Come with your family. Come with your wives. Come with your husbands. Come with your boyfriend, your girlfriend. You can hold hands in, in the altars like youth camp. That's better than that, but I'll let you go. Come. So, what I'm going to do today is something very unique. These chairs. Pastor, would you come? And, and, and Sister Pastor Colleen, would you come? And your children. Where, where's the children of this? Uh, probably in ministry. Come on, son. got a son in there preaching. Well, that'll tell you who your pastor is. He's got a, he's got a son that's a preacher. Come on, somebody. Everybody tell me how spiritual they are and minister to the how. I'm, I'm annoyed. I've been in revivals. People laying all over the floor like cordwood, and, and their kids don't even know God. I'll tell you, thank God for one that has his kids in church with him, working with him. Praise God. How many love these pastors right here? You're so wonderful. If you ever resign this church, I want to take it over. No, you are wonderful people. Psalms 133 says this, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments as the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountain, mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing even forevermore. What I want to do today, that scripture talks about the head. And your pastor's qualified because he's got the beard. But God doesn't, hey, listen. He doesn't pour that oil upon anybody else. He pours it upon the Moses of the house. It comes down across his precious wife, down through his family. And then it comes up from them upon the eldership. Do I have the eldership here today? Would you come? Eldership, would you come? Praise God. Just stand right next to him, shoulder to shoulder. Praise God for your eldership. Hallelujah. And then is every man and woman and their children. Every single mother, every single father that comes in around them and circles or wagons around them and makes things possible for them. Because you, we're the ones, when the enemy comes, to encircle the wagons around our precious, wonderful pastors. Amen. And let hell know this is a face-off. 
You're not going to get anywhere near all man and woman of God nor their family because if they hit, hits their family, it hits them. Come on, somebody. And that's why we circle around them. So can I ask the entire congregation today, and if you're visiting, you're welcome to come with us. You don't have to, uh, but, but this is for the house of God today. This is the grand opening of this beautiful, what about your beautiful new sanctuary? Won't you give God a shout of praise? Amen. You, you, you board of elders and the ones that make this possible, praise God. Hallelujah. So I want you right now, come with your babies. I see a lady back there, the baby. Bring that baby. Just come. I want you to come and just say, we're coming in the house all the way. We're coming in the house all the way. We're going to come together around our pastor. Come on. I'm coming in the house all the way. I'm coming all the way. You may be here. You don't know Christ, but just come on down here. We're going to pray that prayer right now. You can just give your heart to Jesus Christ and come in all the way to the house of God. Uh, one, one couple made their decision to come into this house of God by visiting yesterday. Praise the Lord. Saw it on Facebook. You're here today. God bless you. You're a part of this body. Come on in here. Just gather around. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. I've got the back. I've got the backstop up here. Praise God. Matter of fact, just want to come on back here. Some of you come right on back here. Let's just make a full circle. Hey man, come right on back here. Just make a full circle. Praise God. Come on. Come on. COVID is over. Somebody said, I'm, I'm worried about the Delta. Well, I know the Omega, the beginning and the end. We're all right. Praise God. Come on in here. Come on church. Gather in a little bit, bit closer. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Where's my wife? Darling, would you come up here? Right here, come to the stage. I want you to pray a prayer with this, oh, this pastor. Father, we stand together in the name of Jesus. We are shoulder to shoulder. We are in divine unity. We are in the unity with the Holy Ghost of heaven. And, Father, we're in agreement with all the plans that you have for this house of God. You've raised it up here on a hill. You have set it as a beacon, Lord, as a lighthouse to be seen by others. Lord, as a drawing point for the power of God to see souls saved and brought into the kingdom of heaven. And right now, together, we bind ourselves, Lord, to the power of God. And we say, here we are, Lord. We are with our pastor. We are with our eldership. We are with those that you have given as leadership over us. And we stand before you under the head of Jesus Christ of heaven. And we ask you, Lord, that you would have your divine way, that you would build, that you would work, that you would release the Spirit of God through us, that when we go from these walls that we celebrate today, that, that is a dedication of this building today, Lord, as we leave these walls, that we go out carrying the Spirit of God and the mighty power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Lord, that we flow through this place and everywhere we go, there is a countenance about us that shows who you are, that there are words that come from promise that divinely show who you are, that our actions, Lord, are pleasing to you, that you use us as your mighty vessels of the Holy Ghost of heaven. We ask you, Lord, as we stand together to have your way, we give ourselves to you, we commit ourselves to you, body, soul, and spirit. Here we are, Lord, with a grateful heart that we can do such a thing and partner with Jesus Christ in building his church. Let the kingdom arise through us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Have your way. We love you, and I pray the blessings of God 
up on this body. The blessings as they come and as they go, favor, Lord, increase, multiplication, the things of God that they need, provision and health and help. Lord, let holiness come from them. Let them be seen as the people of God. Let it be seen in their eyes and in their words and in all that they do. Lord, we thank you for what you have planned, and we see this is a moving forward of the kingdom of heaven, and we march together as the mighty militia for you. In Jesus' name, have your way, and let your power, God, be seen through us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Come on, shout, church. It's a brand new day right now. Brand new day. Hallelujah. Woo! Your future is so bright, church. I want to tell you something. I've heard from the Lord on my knees, and God told me to tell you, good things are ahead. You haven't seen anything yet. Listen, I've had Bishop T.D. Jakes in my camp meeting on my grounds. I've had Rod Parsley. You name the names. I've had the names, but they didn't do nothing but come and leave their dung and leave the house of God as sheep. But when I had things like yesterday, that's what built my church. You may not see a big crowd. Crowd, but you touch somebody. And when somebody's in trouble, God told me to tell you this morning. God told me to tell you that you, you may not have seen the result you wanted, but listen, you touch people in the parade, you touch lives, so you, 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 you are, are, are somebody that, that, that has the presence and power and love of God on the inside of you, and you're addictive. And what's going to happen is you're going to see people fill in this church and say, I was at that parade, or I, I came and heard one song, or I got a hot dog, and somebody was good to me, and somebody was kind to me, and they're going to come back because that's what builds a church, not big names. Now give the God a shout of praise right now because you are successful in what you have done. Amen.